0: You want me to start? Who start? You start. I start. Okay. Well then, I'm Caitlin, and this is Crime Culture. And, and I'm, I'm Haley. I was I was gonna say, and I am the only one here. I have no co-hosts. It's just hey. me all the time. I could never. I couldn't do this without you. That'd be a sad podcast if you're just. It would be a sad facts. podcast. No, and also it's it seems super sad. Like not sad, but just lonely doing a podcast by yourself. I commend
1: people that do that, though, because it's a shit ton of work.
0: So much work, but, yeah. like, I also could imagine, like, maybe it's how people feel about, like, going to the movies alone and eating alone. Yeah. That, like, they think that's sad and lonely, too. I do both. So, I don't know, maybe to each their own. I guess. Yeah.
1: But anyway, I anyway, too. We, we both host the podcast. But We today, do, equally. Today, you are going to be talking about something that i don't have a ton of knowledge in nobody does and we should i know i believe last podcast on the left did a series on or maybe just an episode on this person um but i intentionally didn't listen to it because i didn't want to be spoiled i needed to i needed to hear for the first time
0: live yeah because last podcast on the left definitely did do an episode. Um, others did, as uh, others have as well, and I'm sure others will continue to do so. Yeah, but, but he's not very well known. He's not very well known, and I don't know if that's because he's Canadian. Shout out to our Canadian listeners. Yeah, woo woo. Or if it's because it's just a kind of a one-off thing but i don't know we'll dive it. into it though it's uh before you get jump into, into it the into... more it's like yikes yeah. but yes
1: before we jump into anything it's about uh i don't know a thousand degrees here so uh, i have a fan running i had to turn off the air conditioning because it was too loud so uh hopefully you don't hear the fan because elliot will have worked his magic and mm-hmm. uh, gotten rid of the sound but if you mm-hmm. do i'm sorry but it's hot here
0: Personally, I can't hear it, and we all know that it's just my opinion that matters. So true. Yeah, so we're fine. Everything's fine. All right, jump into it. Jumping into it. So if you read the title, or if you didn't read the title, you will know that today's episode is Mark Twitchell, and as I mentioned before, he is Canadian. He was born as Mark Andrew Twitchell on July 4th which has no bearing for him, or no relevance for him 1979 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. And Twitchell spent several years of his life living in the Midwest here in the US uh, before he returned to Canada to pursue a career in filmmaking and he graduated from a radio and television program at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, aka NAIT or NAIT. All right, and he later gained a small following amongst sci-fi fans when, in 2007, he directed a fan film called "Star Wars: Secrets of the Rebellion." Okay, um, and like I said, it is a fan film, but it's for the Star Wars franchise. So I'm wearing my Star Wars T-shirt today. Very nice. Um, so it's uh, like it's Yagata. like when people
1: write fan fiction, but he went even a step further and just made yeah. it into a screenplay.
0: Yeah, it's like the shitty short film in which I played Gwen Stacy because some dude sold me on a short film that was not, it was basically a fan film, except it was really bad, and then he gave the wrong name when he put me in the credits. But anyway, (gasps) I'm not bitter. It's fine. Um, He he can suck a dick, but it's fine. Um, An upcoming episode. (laughs) Caitlin murders this man. He, he Also, I'm a big comic book fan, and he wasn't even accurate. But anyway, moving on. Um, so he gained a lot of fans through this short film, especially mm-hmm. because it contained a short cameo of the actor Jeremy Bullock. And for those who are Star Wars fans or who are movie buffs, you will know that he is best known for his role as Boba Fett in the original Star Wars trilogy. Wow, that's a big get. Right? That's pretty so, that's pretty uh impressive. Yeah, I, I like and apparently like he saw something in it and he was like, Yeah, I'll do I'll do a little stint. Yeah. Um but so yeah, so that film was in post production. Um another project of Twitchell's was in the midst of being financed, trying to find backers. Okay. And a third short film of his called House of Cards had just finished shooting when Twitchell was arrested and charged with murder. Oh well, super cute. Yeah, <laughs> just cash. Um, so to to rewind a little bit, on October third, two thousand eight, we were babies. Uh, Giles or Geese? Pause, pause. Can we? Can we? Ellie and I were dating at that point. Well, you were. Sort of. Yeah. Wait. Aw. Yeah. So we were True babies, love. but not that not that babies. True. Yeah. You were. You were like. I don't know. I don't know. You you were old enough to date, 15? but it was still kind of... I don't know. Don't ask me how old you were. I can barely I tell you how old I, I, was, I am. I think I was 15 at that point. I, anyway. I can tell you how old I am now, though, because now <laughs> I'm on a number that you can remember. But Perfect. I turned 25, guys. It's fine. Everything's fine. There was an episode um, on it. Go back and listen to it. There was an episode on it. I forget. I like to block those things out. Anything that has to do with me, I like to block it out. Fun fact. Um, but yes, hang on. Did you lose At your spot? At six twenty. Yep.
1: <laughs> he was charged for murder on October third, two thousand eight. That's not when he was charged. That's just the last thing I remember you saying.
0: October third. Oh my god. Oh, on October third, Aaron asked me what day it is. Oh. It's October third. <laughs> Aaron
1: asked me what day it is.
0: I just and if you and if you know that movie, please tell us in the comments or in I the whatever. I mean, whatevers. if you don't. You shouldn't be listening to us, but that's fine. No, I shouldn't alienate a bunch of people. (laughs) No, I'll be a little sad, though. Caitlin, maybe don't alienate a bunch of people. Um, So on October 3rd, 2008, Mm -hmm. um, we were babies then. And also on October 3rd, Aaron Samuels asked me what day it was. And I said, it's October 3rd. Um, Perfect. Love it. Great callback. You're welcome. Thank you. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> um so on October third, two thousand eight, a man named Gilles Tetro I okay. definitely fucked that up because I am not French in any way, shape, or form. We'll, but
1: we'll, we'll dub Elliot saying it over you saying
0: uh, Oh yes, I like that. I don't know if I we like really that have the technology to do that, but we we'll Elliot try. has the technology, he can do anything. Um I have full confidence in him. Don't get um, him a bigger head than he already has. I can't help it. Can't help it. I'm not the only one responsible. Um, but so Tetra followed directions to an Edmonton garage where he was supposed to meet a woman named Sheena, who he met online. And his supposed date had refused to give him the physical address of the garage where they were to meet. Um, never meet, or, or never rather meet
1: an online person at a garage. It just rather seems sketchy.
0: Yes, because that's what I was going to correct myself. She refused to give him her physical address, but was like, here, you can meet me at this garage. See, that's that's safe, saying like, okay, I don't yes. want you to know my actual address. But also,
1: why a garage? Why can't you just meet at a restaurant?
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, like, maybe she was like, pick me up here. I don't really know. Um, unfortunately we can't ask Sheena because when Tetra arrived, he bent down under the partially raised door, entered the darkened garage, and a few seconds upon entering, felt someone grab him from behind and start hitting him with a stun baton. A stun baton. A stun baton. Wow. Like, you know, like it's it's not like a stun gun, which are like short little chodes of things. They're like a long, like rod. Shit. Yeah. Alright. Um, they exist, they're real. But um, so, yeah, so Tetro turned around and came face to face with a man in a hockey mask who was decidedly not Sheena, but also trademark Canadian that it was in a hockey mask. And right. so he said, quote, when I first saw him, I looked back and I see this man kind of hovering over me with a hockey mask. There's this chill down my back as I realized, wow, this is no date. And that is <laughs> something he said to 48 Hours Mystery Correspondent Troy Roberts. And he wow. continued, he's about six foot and has a black and gold hockey mask painted, all painted up on his face. Weird. And, yeah, super weird, super creepy, but also I love that he was just like, yeah, this isn't a date. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah, right? Very good. Too polite. Um, yeah, like, I. W- that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I'd be like, what the fuck is this person doing? And he was just like, oh, I guess this isn't a date then. Like, I was like, even, just even on when him you're now. like. Not even that. No, I'm not gonna victim blame him in any way. Like, oh, like you didn't think of it sooner because, quite frankly, I'm stupid. I wouldn't have figured it out either. But um, no, just that he was just like, not like fuck this guy, not like, oh, oh, I'm gonna die or anything. Like nothing extreme. Just, huh? This is no date. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it is no date. You are right. But so Tetra is a badass, and we will continue. Um, because the masked man then took out a gun and ordered him to the ground and put duct tape over Tetra's eyes. Ugh. Um, He continued, quote, and he tore a piece of tape and he covered my eyes with it and I started hearing things, like a jingling noise and stuff like that. My head is just racing, like it's thinking, what's going on? What's he gonna do? Is he taking out another weapon? Um, Or is he taking another weapon out? Excuse me. Um, So then while he's on the ground he later decided quote if i'm going to die i'd rather go my way than his way amen what a better so off. oh it gets cuter it gets better um, he jumped up took the tape off his eyes necessary and grabbed the gun at which <gasps> point he discovered it was made of plastic oh wow yes so then that gave him a little bit of like an oomph of confidence and so yeah. after a violent struggle with tetro being Previously weakened by the stun baton, um, he so he's not like he's going based off adrenaline, but he also is not like a hundred percent. Yeah, he still it manages to roll under the garage, and at this point he gets up, he attempts to run away, and his legs give out. Ugh! So his it's attacker, like a horror movie. It it is so much like a horror movie, and it's really funny. You say that, so shut the fuck up. Okay. Um So. His attacker then grabs his legs, pulls him back under the door. This is some horror movie shit indeed. Mm -hmm. And struggle continued, and Tetra was able to roll out of the garage a second time, at which point he ran into the alley behind the garage and collapsed at this intersection in front of a couple, Marissa Girhini and Trevor Hossinger, who were out for a walk. So, quote... Tetro explains they didn't know what to do, and all of a sudden the masked man came back out, and I then pointed to him and said, That's the guy. Yeah, no shit. Well, and then and then because they were able to get an interview with the couple later. And Gahini says, and then the masked guy, he went around the corner here and just watched us. Oh. Yeah. So he was standing there watching Tetro beg these people for help. (sighs) And Tetro scary. Oh, it gets scarier. So then Tetra says, and so I believed he started pretending he was my best friend. He said something like, come on, Frank, or come on, friend. Mm -hmm. And he kind of gestured to me like we were playing. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so scary. Um, And at that point, the couple then understandably became nervous that this was all part of a mugging scheme. And Mm -hmm. they hurried away. They were like, nope, sorry, bye. Yes. So ultimately, Tetro manages to make it back to his truck. He's, like, trying to get back to his truck as he's talking to this couple, like, asking them for help. And um, so he manages to crawl back to his truck, get in, and the guy, the masked guy, is, like, coming out, and he peels out of there. Tetro peels out of there in the truck. And he didn't report the incident to the police because first he was like, this could not have happened. I, like, there's no way this could have happened. Then then it said in that he was embarrassed, that he had been oh duped. Oh, my God. And then finally, he convinced himself that it wasn't as serious as he first thought, that it must have been a practical joke or something, that the guy wasn't actually trying to kill him, basically. That's fucking
1: ridiculous. I liked him up until this point.
0: Well, no, I can understand it, because it goes right back to tos- toxic masculinity and everything, too, that, like... You don't want to believe that you were tricked, especially by a man, that you were catfished by a man, and then this man tries to kill you on top of it, Yeah, but and that you were too weak to fight back. He wasn't. He got away. He got away, but he had to crawl away because the stun gun, the stun baton, like, fucked up with his agility or whatever. So initially, he was running on a general, and he was able to move. He was able to, like, get away. Yeah. But then when his legs gave out, it was... Very much an uphill battle for the fight to get out.
1: Yeah, he. But it's he also was basically
0: like, like a noodle man.
1: It's also like, like, obviously not victim blaming or anything. But of course, um, I always thought of uh, if you're in a situation like that and you're too embarrassed to come forward, uh, like you got to think about they're going to do that again. And next time, what if the person doesn't get away? And uh, a small moment of embarrassment for me would uh, would be worth saving somebody else's life.
0: Well, you know, it's very interesting that you bring that up. Because on October 10th, 2008, literally a week after Tetra's attack, a mm-hmm. 38-year-old man named Johnny Altinger vanished after answering a similar dating ad posted by a woman named Jen on the website Plenty of Fish. mm And his friends and family grew concerned after his brother Gary received an email from Johnny's account on October 13th, which read, I've met a woman named Jen, and I'm going away with her to Costa Rica, and I'll call you at Christmas time." Wow. The family then discovered that the message had also gone out to all of Johnny's friends. Oh. So everybody who knew him thought it was very out of character. Um, His family and friends reported his disappearance to the Edmonton police, but they did nothing. Wow! Um, so, desperate for some answers, Johnny's friends broke into his apartment, and Gary Altinger said to 48 Hours, quote, they found nothing. Uh, they mm-hmm. found his passport. Excuse me, I read the wrong line. Um, <laughs> they did not find nothing. They found his passport, and they found dirty dishes, and they found everything just like as if he were going to return an hour yeah, or two like later. If he was, yeah, like
1: he was coming right back. And if like his he passport just wasn't out.
0: missing, how was he going to Costa Rica? Exactly. Yeah. Um so at that point when the friends then went back to the police and said this is what we found. Um the police did decide to get involved. So before he disappeared, Altinger had forwarded the directions of where he was going via text to two of his friends. So following those directions, the police were very smart. To, very smart. Like yes. honestly and not not to talk down or anything, I feel like that was also very smart of a man because I feel like men are not as aware of that being a potential situation as a woman would have to be
1: yeah like it happens a lot that girls are always texting each other all right i'm this gonna be at this I place am, i'll text you location. when i get home
0: or even, uh, even i've had friends literally be like hey i'm going on this date with this guy can you get a table at the restaurant or at the coffee house or whatever it is like a few tables away just in case
1: yeah and i've had people take screenshots of their uh their uber ride yep and yep. say this Take is the pictures uber of their uber
0: driver yeah like this is yeah. the uber i'm
1: getting into just letting you know
0: i mean it's and it's, it's, it's just not something that, that guys
1: usually think of
0: yeah it's but, a very it, real thing for girls and it's unfortunately well not unfortunately good for guys that they don't have to deal with this as much but unfortunately like then happens. they don't understand it does,
1: it does, it does. Happen, it's just not as it, often
0: so they're not it, thinking it, about it
1: yeah it's not as often and when it does uh it's not like it's not like the wake up call that everyone's no. like, oh wait, now we need to start uh sharing our locations and, and being more open. Absolutely. Like that. I no. mean I'm sure for some people and it is. Very often
0: it, for some people it is, but I feel like also this goes back to I think also why Tetro didn't come forward. Very often the man is then blamed. I can see the man, that, is, yeah. o- the man is only blamed when he's the victim. The man is never blamed when the woman's the victim. But moving on. Um so, Johnny had forwarded these directions, so the police followed them and were led to a garage that was being rented out to Twitchell, mm. and in the beginning, um, God created now, um, the authorities were not suspicious of Twitchell. He was a 29-year-old married father, aspiring filmmaker, Star Wars nerd, um, and he said that he was using the garage as a set for a recent movie project. The garage, when they went inside, was set up like a kill room. Uh, (laughs) In the center of the garage was a heavy metal table the size of a pool table. The table was covered and surrounded by plastic sheets to catch blood splatter. And Twitchell denied knowing anything about a missing man or they were looking for, because Altinger's car was also missing. Okay. Um, So they found his passport, did not find his car. It was a red Mazda. And Twitchell said he didn't know anything about Altinger being missing or he didn't know him or anything like that. Never heard about it. He didn't know about a red Mazda. And furthermore, he had zero problem with the police wanting to search the garage. He was like, of course, go ahead. Come on in. Yeah. So he then pointed out something odd about the lock to the garage. Mm -hmm. And so then the police, thinking the lock had been tampered with and that someone else was using the garage to attack, at this point, just Altinger was all they were aware of. Mm -hmm. um, They took the lock with them to investigate and then they asked Twitchell to come down to the police station for an interview, which he gladly accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, So if he hadn't said anything about the lock, they would have left. they were ready to leave and he was like oh that's funny this lock looks tampered with basically yeah he wants to be Um, too helpful almost yes 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 that happens
1: with the more arrogant uh it does serial killers i was was gonna call back
0: to our types of serial killers for that too yeah because it's very much um because also he doesn't he doesn't pull like for example a bundy and talk hypothetically about the murder or it's like, what well, if I if I were to yes. do this, yes, he doesn't do that. Throughout the entire police interview, he mostly really just wanted to talk about his film career, mm. and the police were like, "That's all well and good, but like, we need to ask you these questions." And he was like, "Okay, by the way, did I tell you about this Star Wars movie? I did." Like, he he, it was very, it wasn't that he was trying to hide anything. It was just he was so excited about his film career. Yeah, um, and so he was treating he was telling, it almost like a pitch. Yes, very much so. Or, like, I'm gonna be famous someday, and little did he know he would be, but... Yeah. Um, so not he, for the while he was, you wanted. Yes. So, while he was being interviewed, he told the detectives about his latest production, which was a suspense thriller called House of Cards, not to be confused with the semi-problematic Netflix show. Yep. Um, I shouldn't say that, because Robin Wright Penn is not problematic at all. She's an absolute angel of a woman, but unfortunately, her co-star's a piece of shit. Um. But so, the plot, Twitchell explained, was about a hockey-masked serial killer who lures a man into a garage via the internet and kills him. Huh. You
1: know what? That
0: sounds familiar. Doesn't that sound really weird? That's and so weird. I feel like yeah. I've heard of that just moments ago. I mean, maybe it's a remake, because I feel like I've heard this before. But, um, no, so then the detectives say to him... piece of shit. Oh, no, it gets better. So, the detectives say to him... Don't you think this is a little odd? Like, given that the plot is so similar to, like, there's a man that was lured via the internet and is now missing. But they don't know the other to guy's a garage. story. Yeah. But they yeah. know that he met someone online and went missing. Yeah. And he was brought to this garage. Yeah. Um, So they were like, don't you think that's weird? And Twitchell agreed and was like, it gave me this weird chill when I heard it. Mm. And I was like, fuck you. A um, sexual chill. Ew, I don't want to hear about that. This guy is <laughs> like, he's the equivalent of like a man child in that he has like a mega baby face. Okay. And I'll I'll send you a picture. He's. He looks like he loves his mom a little too much. Ah. If that makes sense. Like, you know what he, I mean? He's like a geek. mommy. Uh, kind of, kind of. But more like. More like if Gein were a film nerd, but he's very much like I—I I can't describe it. He's got like a baby face. He looks like he breastfed until he was five. Um, All right. Like he's just—I—I—you'll see, you'll see. Um, and for those of you who want to know, obviously we're going to post a picture of him, so that's fine.
1: Um, he has—he has very uh, round features. Not he that he's very, fat. Yes,
0: he's like a baby. Yeah. Um, he's he looks like a baby doll almost, except like a really fucked up creepy one that likes to kill people. Yeah, he's and really um, creepy. spoiler alert. So then hours after this interview is over, Twitchell then agreed to let the officers back into the garage a second time. Um, because again it was where they had filmed House of Cards, not yeah. that House of Cards. And suddenly one. yes, suddenly he reveals to them that he had just bought a red Mazda off a stranger. For $40, 40 Canadian dollars, I can't remember what they're called, and that it just so happened to be parked at a friend's house. Is he the fucking stupidest idiot that ever existed? Well, not even that. His story was bogus. I didn't include this in here. So basically, this random stranger came up to him on the street, he said, and was like, I'm selling this car. I need to get it off my hands, like, now. How much cash do you have on you? Do you want a res ma- red Mazda? And he was like, oh, I only have $40. And the stranger was like, sold. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Like, that was it. That was it. So the Edmonton police immediately were like, um, we're looking for a red Mazda. We're confiscating the shit out of that. Yeah. And when they found the Mazda, it had the vanity plates D-R-K-J-E-D-I. Okay. Which, if you read aloud, is Dark Jedi. Mm. So okay. for Star Wars fans, there are the good Jedi and there's the bad Jedi. So then the good Jedi do things like, honestly, we can't be upset about spoilers on this podcast because you've had more than enough time. We're already in our third iteration Star of Star Wars. Yeah. So the good Jedi do things like fight Darth Vader and try to bring order to the galaxy. The bad Jedi do things like murder all the younglings. Like, there is a stark difference, and no one yeah. really wants to, unless you're, like, a six-year-old boy, no one really wants to align themselves with the dark Jedi. No. But I digress. Um, I, I wish you could see me, Haley. There's so much flailing in this one. Um, <laughs> but so, the police also found in the trunk of the car a laptop which was belonging to Twitchell. And Twitchell also is like, when they went to take the car, he was like, "Um, uh, uh, but I need to get something out of it first. And they were like, "Uh, no, the fuck you don't. Like, no. And that's when they thought to search it and they find this laptop in the trunk. So while recovering the deleted files from the laptop, they find a document titled SK Confessions. Okay. The first lines of this document read... I started to say read, and then I said read, and it sounded really weird, so we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. Um, quote, this story is based on true events. The name and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. This is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. <laughs> End quote. Oh, so, yeah. God.
1: He's worse. He's stu- He's more dumb than BTK, which we haven't done an episode yeah. on, but if you know about he's how not BTK-, BTK...
0: He's DRK uh i I hate myself i hate myself it's fine
1: uh yeah if you know how btk got caught this is this is
0: this is this is worse yeah Yeah, this is worse yeah so detectives then went to search the twitchell home while other detectives at the police station were reading through this document they went the others went to the home Mm -hmm. where they found jess twitchell um she was mark's Wife of two years, their his second wife, mother of his child. He's and, in his twenties
1: um, and he already has a second wife.
0: Uh-huh. Wow. Um and when they got there, the police learned that this happy marriage that like with like a happy family and everything that Mark had brought forth to them was not true and that their marriage was basically over. Mm-hmm. Um because <laughs> you're wondering about two wives in your 20s twitchell had also been having an affair with an old girlfriend lying to jess about having a job because he was like i'm going to work and in actuality he was going to film his shitty little movies and was now living in the basement of their house while his wife lived upstairs wow yeah um he sounds like a winner even more than it sounds like a winner Interesting, al- Interest. I can't fucking speak. Interestingly <laughs> enough, SK Confessions also referenced a crumbling marriage due to secrets. Oh, well, who'd have thunk ha! it? And to read an excerpt, quote, I went through great lengths to bring my wife over to the comfortable belief I wasn't cheating on her. End quote. Mm. So, hmm. Interesting. I know they say write what you know, but huh yeah it seems interesting a little, a little on the nose seems like he knows a lot yeah so the police also find in this basement a hockey mask which at that point they believed he wore on the attacks uh, or the attack on altinger mm-hmm. along with their so they're in three places so they're at the station reading this document they're at the garage checking it out they're at the house looking in the basement. So, at the same time that they find the mask, they find that the blood, like, tons of blood splatter in the garage. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: now they're like, what the fuck? So, they go to one of the, like, a couple of the people that were on the production, whether they were acting in it or whether they were, like, like behind-the-scenes camera work or anything like that. And they go, the police go to them and say, hey, like, was this blood splatter in the garage for that production. Mm -hmm. And all of them were like, we have never seen that before. Oh, God. Like, that wasn't for our production. We haven't seen that. It was on Uh the walls. It was on the floor. It was everywhere. Oof. Yeah. So, at that point, the police are trying to get their ducks in the row, and they place Twitchell under 24-hour surveillance. Uh And during this investigation, they learn that not only is Twitchell a Star Wars fan but he is also a devoted fan of the showtime series Dexter which is about an avenging yeah. serial killer that kills people in a room lined in plastic with a with a fucking slab of metal table like it's just it's a little too like you've been saying like it's a little too on the nose
1: yeah so um, he did he did a like a fan fiction of Star Wars now he's going to do his Dexter fan fiction can you do me a favor die
0: yeah um so twitchell to continue with this because i'm ignoring you um twitchell also cosplayed as dexter morgan the titular character on facebook Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: that profile caught the attention of a woman named renee waring who was an aspiring writer from cleveland ohio and the two developed an online friendship so now here's another woman that's coming into the mix I, I you guys will see this guy like i'm not yeah, one to like ugly shame not, or anything i would feel too much like like a pedophile if i dated this guy i know gorgeous girls that can't get a
1: single guy to stick but this guy has like five girls drowning poon just i also hated that it's phrase gross. i'm gonna gloss you're over welcome it, you're welcome but you know
0: what it's what you get that's what you wow, get wow that's nuts to me it's 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 not just nuts it's just gross when was like, this ha- was this did
1: we say this is happening in the 2000s early 2000s? Early 2000s. i guess there's not like a lot happening in the early 2000s
0: i mean it's before social media has really like made a hit that's true like we've we've had myspace facebook's been around for a little bit but like twitter instagram what we don't yeah. know But so, yeah, but apparently plenty of fish existed. I guess. Um, So, yeah, so they developed this friendship and shortly before they're corresponding back and forth Mm -hmm. um, and shortly before Altinger's disappearances, their email exchanges became dark. Um, At the time, Waring was upset with her husband's or her ex-husband's new wife. Mm. She said, quote, and I want her dead at the time, but I said I couldn't do it. And hypothetically, how would you get away with it? She says mm-hmm. to um Twitchell. And so he sa- she says he said, quote, you cut her up in little pieces, you put her in trash bags like Dexter. And since I was close to the lake, she says, he said, quote, you rent a boat and dump her out in the middle of Lake Erie, end quote. Wow. Yeah, so he's got it all thought out. Yeah, um, that wasn't that didn't sound very hypothetical. Right. Well, but wearing Despite that, thought nothing of it at the time, because a lot of their talk referenced murder as being nothing but a fantasy, and, Mm -hmm. like, weird fucking fantasy. I know that we have not really many likes to stand on, given that we're running a true crime podcast, but, like, weird fantasy. And it was also, like, pretty flirtatious, so, like, she also had that going on. But then, in mid-October, she receives a disturbing email from Twitchell. She says, quote, he said over the weekend he did something and he liked it. Mm. And then she she later says, quote, he says, I crossed the line and I did something and I liked it. End I worked. don't like that, that phrase. I don't like it either. And you know who else didn't like it? Waring, who yeah. immediately assumed that he had killed someone and <laughs> tried to get him to confess to her. But he never did. I know. She was like, oh, well, he did she it. She was like,
1: there's 100% there's no way he didn't murder there's a 100
0: percent chance of murder yeah but no so she was like trying to get him to confess to her he was shockingly too smart for that whoa and i know his first when, smart move i know his only smart move um however one of his final emails to her confirmed her fears and it read quote there's an enormous missing person Possible homicide investigation going on centralized around a location I've rented for film work. So, of course, the police have tossed my house and impounded my car. Not fun, considering they won't find anything. Hmm. It's a little ominous for me. That's, yeah, that was a little too much for me. And she was like, this is basically a confession. Yeah. Um. Like, it's not, but it is. Um. So, meanwhile... While the police are continuing their investigation and interviewing Waring and checking out his house and impounding the car that he bought for $40 and all of that jazz, Mm -hmm. reading these SK confessions, Twitchell sends out an email to his friends and film crew on October 23rd, 2008. Mm. This is what the email says. Gentlemen. First off, and first is spelled capital F, capital I, R, S, T, which normally I wouldn't pay attention to, but I feel that this is indicative of how, like, he's rushing to write this, if that makes sense. Because he says, first off, I want to offer my deepest apologies if your lives have been disrupted in any way by what's been going on lately. I wish I could talk to you about it, and maybe one day in the future that will be possible. But for now, I have to recommend everyone stop talking to the police or not to start if you haven't already. Mm. If you aren't sure what I'm referring to, then you will soon. You all have a right to silence, and you should exercise that right. I'm sure no one in this group carries guilt, so you have nothing to fear. But I've been screwed around with, and I don't appreciate it, so it's time to stop this and make them do their own jobs. I'm serious. The time for dry, sarcastic humor and flaky jokes is over, and this is no prank. Sometimes what we see on TV is in fact a true representation of how they work. Sometimes they do lie and make up things in order to get people to say things they otherwise would not, just so they can have an answer for the media. I didn't think this was the case until this week, when I was proven otherwise. So please, if they ask you questions, just tell them you don't know anything. And if they want you to come in for a statement, and he used statement in quotes... Uh-huh. Kindly refuse. I highly doubt anybody has given them the slightest provocation to get arrested, so nothing will happen to you if you tell them to pound salt, and this will go away faster. I don't. Thanks for think... your cooperation. I'll keep you posted.
1: I don't think telling an officer to go pound salt is also the that's correct... very Canadian.
0: Yes, like in America, you'd be like, "Go fuck yourself." And yeah. In Canada, go pound salt, please. I love that. Yes. I love that so much. Like even a killer can be polite. <laughs> But yeah, no. He he basically though like if that ain't like tampering, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, 100%. And he sent in an email, so like there's yeah, there's proof um, of this.
0: I read it from a screenshot of the email. <laughs> oh my god. Um however, nobody needed to give any fucking statements because then the police discovered blood in the trunk of his car and determined it to belong to Altinger. Oh. They well also then found a knife in Twitchell's car with blood on both the sheath and the blade that matched to Altinger. Oh my god. Funny how that works out. Can't even get rid of the evidence. Well that I can't I can't fault him in that he probably was going to get rid of the evidence but he didn't have because he was like I need to get some stuff out of the car. Yeah. But like, he should have done that like ASAP. Oh, he should have done that ASAP. But you'll you'll learn you'll learn. He's like a really shitty killer. Um, okay. Because this isn't the first thing where he's like, I don't know what to do. Um. So then on October thirty first, two thousand eight, ha- All Hallows Eve, mm-hmm. I was Audrey Hepburn for Halloween. Uh, who were you?
1: Uh, I think I was an angel, but I was. Uh, that's that's ironic. I had, I had a football game that night, so I couldn't go trick or treating. Oh, that's cute.
0: You had a social life um i was on color guard i had to be there i was i was required to be there oh you were required to have a social life that's also cute
1: also Um, i got four years varsity for being on color guard so all right suck it (laughs) proud of you but anyway that's what i was doing athletic ass that's what Um, i was doing
0: while twitchell was doing this while twitchell was getting arrested in a sting operation Ooh, fun And so they basically had him meet up with this guy at a coffee shop, led the guy to believe that he was not a cop. And Mm -hmm. then they were like, surprise, you're getting arrested. And Twitchell actually got so scared, he peed himself when this (laughs) thing went down. Which all of the people that were involved in this investigation were like, good, Like now you know how it felt for this guy. Yeah, no shit. Um, so three weeks after Altinger's disappearance, police had finally charged somebody with first degree murder for his death, which was Twitchell. Um, and the once talkative movie director refused to speak to the police. But his SK confessions spoke volumes. Yeah. Um, at this point they had also finished reading it. So ultimately the police had come to the conclusion that the SK Confessions was actually a true account of what had happened to Altinger at the hands of Twitchell. Um to circle back to the knife that they found with his blood on it, one passage in the confessions talked about a knife, reading, quote, I thrust it into his gut, his reaction was pure Hollywood, end quote. Ugh. Like, what the fuck? Who says that? Yeah. Who that's says that? Up. So, as you had mentioned before, because you just can't keep your mouth shut, investigators believed that Twitchell's motive was purely for the experience of killing another person to make a more authentic serial killer movie. Yeah. What a
1: he's bitch! Fucking useless. <laughs> yeah, like you I couldn't know. go to like you couldn't go to like a prison and interview serial killers. You couldn't like. There's so many avenues that you could have taken. Mm-hmm. 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 hmm mm-hmm. Stupid,
0: stupid idiot. Yep. 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 But so. Regardless, there was a crucial part of the story, though, from SK Confessions that they could not verify. Everything else was lining up except for this one part about a victim who had survived. Mm. So they decided to take the mask, make a sketch, and go to the media with, a pic- with this sketch in hopes that the first victim called, this is very interesting, Frank in the document would come forward and remember when tetro was like he was saying like come back frank or come here friend or something like that yeah 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 now we know now we know he was saying frank and not his narrative yeah yes um so sure enough tetro saw the report and decided to come forward thank god and so on november 3rd 2008 he went to the police with his story which matched the attack on frank that was described Mm -hmm. in sk confessions Nearly word for word. Yeah. And this helped the police come to the conclusion that after finding the stun baton did not work well on Tetro because he escaped. Twitchell switched to a lead pipe with which he beat Altinger (sighs) over the head when he came in. Yeah. Um, This was also confirmed not just by finding a pipe, but by an excerpt from the SK Confessions in which Altinger's character, which was called Jim in Mm -hmm. the Confessions, says, quote, Please stop hitting me. Oh, my skull. End quote. Wow. Yeah. Super cute. So following this narrative that SK Confessions put before them, the police believed that Altsinger was then stabbed and dismembered on the makeshift autopsy table that was in the garage. Ooh. Yes. Um, And so police or homicide detective Bill Clark later explained, we had a quote, we had a, you know, luminol test done on the floor. Large amounts of blood had been spilled on the floor of the garage, probably one of the biggest pieces, a piece of tooth that was found inside there. That piece of tooth matched up with our victim. And according to SK, end quote, and according to SK Confessions, the killer then broke into Altinger's apartment and sent out emails about taking an exotic vacation.
1: Yeah, I think this this is like home run. Yeah.
0: They have so much evidence. This is their easiest like as much as i hate to say it like this is like the easiest murder case to have to cover because he
1: wrote everything down everything matched with eyewitness accounts he had the guy's car there was his blood there was his tooth uh every
0: single thing matched absolutely well and then and that's not even all because then there was another passage in the sk confessions that spoke of the killer trying to burn jim's or altinger's remains in a barrel and the mm-hmm. police actually found a burned barrel inside this garage, and the outlines of a barrel burned into the grass of Twitchell's parents' backyard. Mm. So, then according to this this whole like confession thing, he tried to dump the body into the river, but was afraid of being seen. Um, and Clark explained, quote: Ultimately, Mark Twitchell drove around with it, according to the SK confessions Ugh. document. He even talked about driving around with him and pulling up beside people at red lights and looking at them, thinking that, quote, they don't know I have a dead body in the trunk of my car. End quote. No,
1: that's not usually the first thing
0: I think of when I pull up next to somebody. No! Maybe now I'll start. Yeah, right. Thinking, like, maybe they have a dead body. Not, nobody needs to know about my dead body. But, um, yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> so the text finally describes the killer choosing a sewer to dump the remains, but that is where the pages in the document stopped. The police had no idea what sewer, where Twitchell dumped the body, anything like that. They just knew that it was in a sewer, and Twitchell would not help them. He would not give them any information on that. Um, So by the time Twitchell's trial began in March 2011, the evidence, like we had said before, was stacked against him, thanks to this diary. Yeah. And some of the descriptions that were found in SK Confessions were so fucked up that literally everyone, including the judge, Justice Terry Claxon, thought it was too inflammatory to be presented to the jury. Jeez. However, that doesn't mean we can't say it here. Yeah. (laughs) So everybody get ready. Buckle up, Buttercups. If you don't like gross shit, don't listen. Um, yeah, skip skip ahead. We can't tell skip, you to what skip time a lot because- ahead. skip a lot. Yes, yeah, somebody had suggested that, and that's an amazing suggestion. Except so, with the way Elliot edits and adding in our intro and outro and what we take out, noting what we the put time in, wouldn't help really. Noting the time, if we gave you like the time that we have, it would be you would have already heard it or. It would be too early, or it would be too late, or what have you. It It wouldn't line up, so... It's an amazing idea, and I wish we could do it, but we can't. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Just know, uh, we're telling you to skip ahead, but also you are listening to a true crime podcast.
0: No, I mean, I'm a pretty squeamish person. Like, I can understand it. Like, I can handle... Like, I'm into more of the psychology behind it than hearing about, like, what was done to these people. But also, if you've made it through the Sylvia Likens episode... I barely made it through the Sylvia Likens That's your your gold star. (laughs) Thank you. I'll count that as my gold star because I made made it through in person. So anyway, I couldn't take a pause, walk away, do anything like that. Mm, I win. Um, So yeah, skip ahead. We've got quite a bit to skip, but you can do it. I believe in you. Um, In one passage of the document, Twitchell describes cutting off the head of his victim and playing with it like a hand puppet. Reading, quote, I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like it was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. End quote.
1: This guy's actually out of his fucking mind.
0: Yep, And this passage was among the many that I'm going to read to you that were under a publication ban until the jury was sequestered Tuesday afternoon of the trial to reach a verdict, which we'll get into. Um, so among the other information not shown to the jury were the author's thoughts on organized religion and on murdering human beings, which were in other recovered documents. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, he wrote that religion is for suckers, and, quote, there are no deities or religious undertones in my life at all, end quote. So, quite literally, he needed Jesus. Um, He also wrote, quote, I have no place for them, and I find the whole concept of religion detestable. It's all a big corrupt power grab designed to take advantage of simple-minded common folk, end quote. Says the mm-hmm. man who was so simple-minded that he led the police straight to his crime. Anyway, yeah. A so bit. Twitchell talked about cutting open the torso of a victim and watching the organs slowly collapse, saying, "Quote: If I had a sense of smell, this might be disgusting for me, but I only find it fascinating." End quote. Wait, he doesn't have a sense of smell? Apparently not. I had a chemistry teacher in high school who didn't have a sense of smell. He had like some kind of freak accident with chemicals, yeah. and he just can't smell a goddamn thing. Interesting. And his last name was Twitchell. No, it wasn't. He's an amazing person, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to equate him to this man. Um, and I use that term loosely. So Twitchell also talked about killing, writing that, quote, Most people fantasize, and it only ever stays a fantasy. They don't have the disposition or the stomach to go all the way with their dark urges. But I do. End quote. Oh, wow. Something to really be commended for. Honestly, like, gold star for you, Mark. You, what a good boy. And then he later went on, quote, I do not have any reservations about disposing of the negative people in this world who deserve a one-way ticket to the afterlife, if such a thing exists, end quote. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting, coming from a man who doesn't believe in religion. But anyway. Yeah. In addition to describing his encounters with Altinger and Tetro, w- Twitchell said that the one person he really wanted to murder was a former boss of his, um, and the doesn't man everybody? He- I mean, I feel like everybody's probably got that one, but the difference is I don't think anybody else would go through with it. All right. Twitchell was very, I don't know what the word is. He was. Was he very thorough? Yes, he was very thorough in his description. Um, And. His boss, he wrote, or former boss, was, quote, a twisted old fart who hated life and everything in it. I owed it to the world to remove him from its glorious surface and would take my chance when I was ready, end quote. Wow. Yeah. What the fuck did he do to you? You? I I probably fired him, quite frankly, if he had to hide from his wife that he was unemployed. You don't quit your job if if you're hiding it from your wife. Did he say what his job was? um i did not think to look because i, I was can only imagine on, you know, the murder
1: i can only imagine that he was like a short order cook or something like that oh
0: i was thinking something i was shitty. thinking Seven Eleven. 11 yeah I'd fr- I'd <laughs> my first I was thinking was blockbuster but a blockbuster was relatively dead by then though that's true like there, I mean, I think that's there's only I there's officially only one left now good oh wow okay Um, it doesn't need to be anymore all right well anyway now we know Haley's feelings on that um so twitchell would also self-diagnose himself as mentally unstable in his writings again these were all kept from the jury the jury was sequestered from them um and he said quote i had found out through introspection and discussions with therapists that i am in fact a psychopath in almost every clinically defined sense well. Cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. So for this, Claxon um ruled that the jury shouldn't hear it because the terminology was emotionally loaded and that Twitchell, if he was writing it as the truth, would not be in a position to properly diagnose himself. Which I mean, yeah, yeah but like ugh, that makes it so much less fun. It's less of a home run than it already is. Yeah. Um but ultimately the trial, the prosecution put forth all of this evidence. Based on the SK confessions and Tetro's testimony, and the only witness that the defense called was Twitchell. Um, great. that's that's pretty much all they had. Yeah. And he admitted to being the one who wrote the document, which was written in the first person
1: mm-hmm. and
0: said that SK stood for his writing hero Stephen King, but then later said it also meant serial killer. No shit i i'm glad he told me you know i'm really glad he i could never picked that up would have never guessed um however he went on to insist that it was a work of fiction based loosely on the events of his life but just not the killing parts wow okay okay he's also the world's worst liar He really is, because it gets better. It gets cuter. Wait, wait, wait. It's really funny that you say that now, because he also admitted that he lured Altinger and another stranger, later revealed to be Chitro, a week earlier to the garage, but he said it was not to harm them. He said it was a prank meant to encourage them to help hype up a slasher movie of his. What? Uh Then why did one of them end up dead? I know! Well, it's funny you say that. I, I, honestly, you're you're really helping me with this, and I love you. Because he argued that he let Tatro go so he would create a buzz when the film came out by telling people that this actually happened to him in real life. But then, he, when he did it to Altinger, Twitchell claimed that Altinger became enraged at being tricked, and that he accidentally, that Twitchell accidentally killed Altinger in self-defense by stabbing him in the heart. You know, accidentally. Yeah, like you do. Like you do. Um... Which also, that in and of itself, so, I don't remember where I was reading this, but so when you stab somebody in the chest or the heart, it's not as easy as, say, like, stabbing them in the thigh or stabbing them, like, in the stomach or something like that, because there are bones there. There is a whole ass rib cage yeah. there. So, yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah, so he would have had to have gone hard. He would have had to have done it probably multiple times. Like, I mean, it's very unlikely that he would get one swift hit to the heart and boom there we go like he'd have a better chance of like getting a third wife so it just he says it's an accident kills him accidentally allegedly quote unquote and then he says that he panicked cut up the body and dumped it in a sewer that's come up before that somebody panics and cuts somebody up I don't think that that would be my panic reaction. I would I, panic run away. That's not my panic reaction. I know my panic reaction, and it is not that. Yeah. I, I, And I believe we've seen his panic reaction, and it's actually urinating all over himself. That's so, true. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Suspicious. So... The SK Confessions document described the death of the Altinger character, Jim, as a cold-blooded attack with a pipe, followed by graphic details of the dismemberment, and included that line about working the skull of the jaw to make him a puppet. Twitchell wasn't asked by the prosecution to defend, to affirm, to refute, to do anything with these specific aspects of the actual Mm -hmm. dismemberment. They did not ask him about it, and the defense didn't either. Like, nobody asked him about it. No one wanted to know. Um, but they didn't take issue in court with what was written about the dismemberment. Okay. They were just like, okay, so this probably, like, I think even, I think even the, whatchamacallit, like, the, the defense knew that this was, like, a lost cause. Yeah. Um, I think they were like, we're just gonna try to get out of this as easily as we can, possibly. mm mm-hmm. So then on April 12th, 2011, after just five hours of deliberation, the jury found Mark Twitchell guilty of first degree murder for the murder of John Altinger. He was then sentenced to 25 years to life in prison, which is the max in Canada, with Mm -hmm. no possibility of parole. He is serving his sentence at the Saskatchewan Federal Penitentiary. And prosecutors ultimately decided not to charge Twitchell with the attempted murder of Gilles Tetrol, of Gilles Tetrol, Tetro, fuck, Gilles Tetral. Um, And they this was because since Twitchell had been convicted of attempted murder and had mm-hmm. gotten the max sentence for any crime in Canadian court the attempted murder would not add to the life sentence he had already received so they were like we're not going to prosecute him personally i think that's kind of shitty for no closure for Tetro, but i can understand their reasoning not wanting to spend like valuable taxpayer dollars to like and resources and stuff yeah when they know that it happened and he's not going to even get any extra punishment it's just going to be like oh and he did this yeah but so yeah i could see it that way yeah. Um, so the police searched for Altinger's remains for nearly two years when finally they were led to a sewer by a Google map given to them by Twitchell. Um, Twitchell basically called them to his cell and was like, you need to promise me that you won't bring de- um, the detective like that worked on my case because mm-hmm. he was basically afraid of him. Um, <laughs> you can't bring the media because he, as we'll get into, he hated the media and he felt that the media had basically convicted him before he got the chance to a fair trial. Okay. Um, And he was just like, like, if you do these things, I'll tell you where the body is. And he gave them a Google map, and their remains were, fa- or Altinger's remains were found half a block from where the police had stopped their search. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. I know, it really fucking sucks, but it's nice closure for the family. Yeah, um, at least... the the, like and to go back to how scared he was of this detective so throughout the entire trial when the prosecution brought forth anybody when anybody spoke when he was convicted all of it he was just stoic it was like he had no emotions he was not human all of it when this detective came up to testify he fucking blubbered like (laughs) like a baby And it was just like, okay, that's fine. And, like, so, I mean, honestly, good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great. What a little Um, fucking wimp. Yeah. And, again, that's Detective Bill Clark. And it just, like, whoa, little baby. Whoa, little baby. So then, to get into the media coverage, there was extensive coverage of the case from inside and outside the courtroom, with uh, with observers arguing in favor and against the media reporting on, quote, sensational details of the crime. Um, Mm -hmm. And prior to the criminal trial taking place, prosecutors and defense sought vast publication bans, sealing orders over police evidence. They wanted the media to not report on any of the details of the case until the jury heard it first during the trial. Um, And the media was like, fuck that. And they fought this application, and ultimately, Justice Claxon ruled that there would be a sealing order and a publication ban. Um, so he okay. was in favor of what the defense and the prosecution asked for. And he said in his ruling that, quote, there is a real risk that pretrial publicity will undermine the accused's constitutionality, protected right to a fair trial. Constitutionally, excuse me, protected right to a fair trial, end quote. Mm-hmm. So the jury pool was then polled through a, quote, challenge for cause procedure, to determine if a potential juror had been influenced by the extensive media coverage prior to the publication bans that had taken effect. And when the bans were lifted, a substantial media presence attended and reported on the trial, and this included not only Canadian news channels, but the U.S. channels, NBC and CBS. Wow. Yeah. So it was, like, pretty prolific. I don't remember hearing anything about it, though. But we were babies then. I graduated high school then. I was, I was in eighth grade then. Wait, 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 wait. You graduated is- high school in 2011? Yeah. Oh, then I was in junior year, junior year of high school. Yeah. I got scared for a second. I thought we were talking got- about 2008 still. And I was like, Ugh. I thought you were talking about, I thought you were talking about a different year. No, I was, I was talking, I was thinking 2008, but I'm talking about 2011. I don't know what oh, okay. I'm talking about. Um, TLDR. I don't know what I'm talking about, but so Yeah. <laughs> So, in May 2011, so, like, a month after his conviction, not even, Twitchell sent a handwritten notice of appeal in which he blamed the media for the jury's guilty verdict, saying, Ugh. quote, handwritten, hand-fucking-written. Yep. Saying, quote, the media attention surrounding my case was so extensive, so blatant, and so over- overtly sen- sensationalized that it is unreasonable to expect any unsequestered jury to have remained uninfluenced by it, regardless of the, ju- the judge's instructions in the charge, end quote. That's some, that's some... Whew, He's such he a is. little fucking wimp. Like, he he just can't accept it. He just could not accept no. it. Um, however, Twitchell ultimately dropped his appeal in February 2012, so nearly a year later. Yeah. Um. Which I think he kind of figured out, like, he wasn't going to get Shit's anywhere on working. this one. Yeah. Um, but so then, in an interesting turn of events... Um, in December 2012, actor Michael C. Hall, who plays Dexter Morgan on Dexter, yeah. was interviewed by John Gomeshi on the Canadian radio show Q Hall. On, on the radio uh, on the Canadian radio show Q. I thought it was like Q period Hall. No, it's just the end of a sentence. I really <laughs> am dumb. I'm fucking dumb. So on the Canadian radio show Q, all the Canadians are like, yeah, you bitch. Um, so Hall stated that he didn't think Dexter supported the lifestyle of serial killers. And he said, quote, I would hope that people's appreciation was more than some sort of fetishization with the kill scenes, he said. Um, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Gomeshi brought up Twitchell, and Hall said, quote, I wouldn't stop making Dexter because someone was fascinated by it only in that way. I try Mm -hmm. to tell myself that their fixed nature would have done it in one way or the other, but it seems that Dexter had something to do with it. It's horrifying, he said. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, that, must,
1: that must be a weird position to be in where you're the actor that's playing that somebody inspired.
0: That, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. not only that, but that's also got to really fucking suck for Twitchell when, like, your hero's like, that's horrifying. That's really like, that's awful. You're a shitty person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, both sides awesome, great. And then in May 2013, it was reported that Twitchell had purchased a television for his prison cell. Twitchell stated that he had caught up on every episode of Dexter that he had missed since he was ar- arrested and convicted of first-degree murder.
1: Why would they fucking let him watch it? I
0: don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Fucking Canada, man. <laughs> fucking Canada, man. They have more rights in their prisons than we do, that's for sure. Um, so there are two notable books that have been written about Twitchell. In 2012, Steve Lilibuin. Lilibuin um l-i-l-l-e-b-u-e-n wrote the devil's cinema which is a true crime account of the case and trial and it was actually written with the cooperation of twitchell oh interesting yes and then the other book titled the one who got away was published in 2015 and written by tetro and Hmm. it's a personal account by tetro of what went down when he was the victim interesting yeah so then Twitchell's case was also featured in the news magazine Crime Watch Daily, which you and I know, I'm sure many others know. Yep. Um, on May first, twenty seventeen. And it largely focused on Twitchell's methods, and it featured interviews with Tetro, Lilibuen, um, and Clark and others, and part of the report also included a return trip by Tetro to the garage in which the incident had taken place. Oh wow. Yeah. Which I don't know how I feel about that, but it's done and over with, so I guess I don't really have a right to say anything. Mm-hmm. But um, and then none of Twitchell's films have ever been released, not even the Star Wars mm-hmm. one. Uh, but okay. he went on to star in the international news, a Dateline NBC episode, mm-hmm. True Crime Canada, The Fifth Estate, mm-hmm. and his story was also featured on Forty Eight Hours in an episode titled "Screenplay for Murder," which aired on Clever. February eleventh, twenty twelve. I loved that. And this is around the time also that his um, appeal got dropped. That he yeah. dropped his appeal. That this yeah. 48 Hours episode came out. Mm-hmm. So, like, he kind of... It, like, he never came right out and said it, but he always kind of assumed that he would be famous. And bitch yeah, you He a little bit is. Bitch you were. Careful what you wish for. But yeah, yeah. That's Mark Twitchell. Fucked up son of a gun.
1: That is pretty crazy. Yeah. And I believe on uh, the last stream on the left, they... They had a clip of one of his movies, I think. And they um, very
0: well might have, because I like I should say, I believe they're out there. They just yeah. were never like officially published. Officially released, yeah. Um and if that is correct, and I did see that clip, um, it's not good. Oh no, he sucks. Yeah. That's that's why he was lying to his wife, saying he had a job because he couldn't get a job as a filmmaker.
1: If I can find it, I'm gonna link it on the website and it's I mean...
0: It's a thing. It speaks for itself. Yep. You can can make the decision if you
1: like it or not, but wow.
0: Yeah, that about does it. Wow sums it up. Yeah. And not in a good way. Like, I mean... I'm not saying that Bullock, the guy that played Boba Fett, was high. But also...
1: he may have been uh imbibing he he could have <laughs> just been uh feeling bad, n- no just not fully aware of what he was getting himself into, yeah, no, I don't think he was no,
0: I think he was trying to do him a solid and then it just and terribly he was like oh backfired. Wait, this shit yeah, like just yeah. whew. By but anyway,
1: yeah very interesting stuff, yeah um. Yeah, so we'll have a bunch more information and uh, pictures of them and everything on the website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com, and on the Instagram, which is linked on there, and the Facebook, and everything else in our link tree that you can find. Yep, it's all there. Um, And also, just reminding everyone to listen on PodCoin. If you want to make money listening to podcasts, specifically ours... Then you can listen on Podcoin and they give you uh coins, which equate to They give to you Podcoins. Podcoins, which equate to uh real Podcash. money in uh in gift cards and stuff, uh just for listening to podcasts. So you can do that uh with ours or with any of your other favorite podcasts, but mostly ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's hot in here and I have to turn the AC back on.
0: So hot Hot damn! So hot in her. All
1: right, all right. Have a nice week. Bye. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.